0: Joy seekers, joy givers, anyone looking for an infusion of joy, you've come to the right place. My name is Deb McGregor. I'm your host for Live Joy, Share Joy. Today we're going to talk about a journey, one that maybe wasn't seen at first, but through life, through experience, through service as a veteran, and so many other things, our special guest today realized a call from the Lord to serve others. Friends, it is my pleasure to welcome to our program today, Jeff Meyer. Jeff, welcome to the show. Thank you. That was quite an intro. It was. (laughs) So people are like, ooh, what's this all about? I'm starting to sweat. Well, (laughs) that's okay. We can do that too. So, Jeff, one of the things that I asked you prior to going live is, what do you think God has really called you to do? And one of the things you said is, well, you know, I'm a veteran, but I'm really called to help other people, other men and women who have struggled, whether it's with grief, with trauma, with PTSD. And we're going to get to that because this is a really big call. But I want to talk about where this all started. We need to get to know you a little bit. And there's probably a lot to know. I Really, I mean, what I was really curious about is here we are in northern Minnesota. Have you always lived here?
1: No. No, I've only lived here for seven years now. Okay, Um, now I was born and raised in Minneapolis uh, down there, but you know we took off when I was a kid, and my dad had different jobs in different states and stuff. So okay, yeah, but okay. I always said I was I was Minnesota born and raised, and so yeah, it just took a long time to get back here.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh! And I'm sitting here thinking, and you came back to the cold. Well, yeah. okay then, <laughs> there's something in that too. So somewhere along in this journey, you decide to serve our country.
1: Yeah, and and that was kind of a. I don't know. I had a variety of, you know, growing up, I had a variety of things I wanted to do. I wanted to be a farmer at one time and I wanted to be a garbage man at one time when I was real little and, and just different things. But when I was in high school, I was working for uh, different contractors and and self-building houses and I got injured and being in the military was always kind of one of the things in the back of your mind that you always, you know, we play war and we play army and whatever, you know, when we're kids. And, um, but anyway, I got injured and I, When I stopped working construction, I went to work for a carpet installer who was recently out of the Army. He used to be one of the guards over in Leavenworth. Um, So I was working for him, and he was always telling me Army stories. And one day I was just like, well, (laughs) the impetus was I got a letter in the mail from my insurance company saying, we're going to cancel your car insurance because of all these speeding tickets. And so I was like, I need to pay off my car really fast so I can lower my insurance. And how am I going to do this? Well, the Marines had a, uh, a thing. We're going to pay you $2,500. This is back in 1979. Okay. So um, they said, well, we'll give you $2,500 for a four-year enlistment. And I was like, great. That'll be, that'll be perfect. you know. So I went home. I actually told my dad what I was doing. That's kind of rare anyway. And um, he's like, go talk to the Army. And I was like, ah. Oh. Okay, I'll go talk to the Army. Now, the caveat to that is a year before that, when I was a junior in high school, I tried to go into the Army as a pilot, um, as uh, they had a high school to flight school program back then, and I didn't pass the the FAST test. It's a flight aptitude standardization test or something, I can't remember. Um, But anyway, it's just an aptitude to see how well you would do. Well, I didn't pass it. And so... I went back down and talked to the guy, and it was like the same guy that I talked to when I was trying to get in. He's like, hey, what's going on? And I was like, oh, I've been talking to these Marine guys, and I'm interested in this Force Marine thing that they've got going on. And they're like, Force Marine? I go, yeah, And plus they'll pay me 2500 bucks for a four-year enlistment. And he goes, well, if you're interested in that, he said, we got this thing called an Airborne Ranger, and I'll pay you $3,500 for a four-year enlistment. So the Marines had a brochure and, and some pictures of this force Marine program and stuff that they had. And, but the army had video. And so he sat me down and he showed me this whole, all the training that the Rangers went through and stuff. And i like, that's it right there. I said I want that one. Wow, <laughs> so I love I it. Signed up and yeah, so I didn't get to actually go to flight school for like eleven more years. So
0: <laughs> <laughs> I hear that story a lot. Everything looks great. They show the videos, whatever, and then here's the reality yeah, of, what, yeah. of what happens.
1: But uh, no, it was uh, it was just one of those things. I, I went in there and I wasn't. Intent on making the Army a career, but, you know, God showed me that I had a certain level of talent for it. You know, he gave me some some gifts. I actually had a very successful enlisted career, and, but I kind of got frustrated with the whole thing. I had reached, I was a, a senior NCO when I went to uh, to flight school. I was a, a sergeant first class, but I'd, I'd gotten to the point where I was just fed up with the whole Army's, you know, philosophy for everything, you know, everything was short resources, and we never wanted to give you everything you needed to get the job done, and we just keep adding more and more and more onto your plate. And uh, so I was already making plans to get out of the Army, and my, uh, one of my buddies goes, I'm going to flight school, man, I'm putting my pack together for flight school, you ought to do the same thing. So I tried to do this when I was a junior in high school. So now, I know how the Army operates, and I know that they have a study guide for every single test that's ever been thought of. In the Army. So I ran down to the Education Center and I said, I need the, fa- the study guide for the FAST test for the Army's flight school. Went through that a couple of times, did the practice exercises, went through and just smoked the, the FAST test and had my girlfriend fill out all the paperwork and <laughs> got accepted to flight school. And uh, it was just about that fast. And uh, it was one of the neatest things that, you know, but you look back at it and it's like, that's all God, you know, everything you can look back and like, why did I make that decision? Why did I make that decision? And it's like, you know, God had a purpose and a plan for me all along, even though I wasn't privy to it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it
1: was just something I thought would was cool. And yeah. You know, so chicks, your chicks flight, you
0: actually flew helicopters.
1: I did. Yeah. I flew the Black Hawk in the, uh, in the army.
0: Wow. And so how many years did you end up flying?
1: 11 years. Wow. Yep.
0: Yep. That's amazing. Before we get to you getting out of the army, I'm curious, at this point in your Army career, do you know the Lord, or does that come later for you?
1: No, I actually got saved when I was um, just a kid. I got saved between 3rd and 4th grade at Vacation Bible School. My best friend at the time, we lived in a town of, well, we lived out in the country, but we lived I went to school in a town of 300, 350 people, I think. And um, my best friend, his dad was uh, the Baptist preacher at the in the church there. And so his mom was my vacation Bible school teacher. And uh, so I got saved in vacation Bible school, but my family was Lutheran, so you know, we were serious Christian or Christmas and Easter only. I mean, that was it. That's the whole thing. So nothing actually happened with my salvation until I went into the army. So in a manner of speaking, yes, that's when I first got plugged into a church that was, at, you know, actually a Bible believing and Bible preaching church and I plugged in and started reading the Bible and started serving. Um, you know, I wanted to be a bus captain and just different stuff. Got involved with all the Sunday schools, and you know, we weren't deployed if we weren't doing something. Um, the church doors were open, then I was there.
0: Oh, wow, and, uh,
1: yeah, so that was kind of cool. But then I got married, met this gal in, in uh, Sunday school. We got married, then I went down to Georgia, I got stationed down in Georgia. I was a black hat down there, I, I taught at the airborne department. I taught uh, at Tower Branch, and then I went over to uh, the Pathfinder Branch. I taught over there for a little while. And uh, and then we got uh, sent to Alaska, which was absolutely just like number one on the bucket list for me as as far as it had been on my my green sheet, number one on my green sheet for since I went into the Army. And um, anyway, and that started this weird drift away from God, and that lasted about 10 years. And it wasn't until after I got remarried... And actually had my own kid. My parents had gotten saved in the meantime. And my mom, one day, she goes, you know, you're responsible for Eric, my son, and um, his spiritual upbringing. And I'm like, yeah, I know that. It just wouldn't leave me alone. I was kind of mad at my mom for even bringing that up. You know, I was like, I'm the senior Christian here. I'm the more mature. What are you talking about? Well, the reality is I was so far away from God, I didn't even recognize that I had left off my duties and responsibilities to my own family and stuff. So... Um, that was kind of an eye-opening opening experience. So, we immediately started. Now we were over in Germany when this happened, but probably six months later. This was getting close to uh, me getting out retiring. So as soon as we got back to the states, though, we were church shopping and found a really really good church. Got the actual discipleship. Um, the pastor and I wound up becoming best friends, and it was just a, it was a phenomenal experience. And you know to this day, I mean we're. Um, well, we are 20 years removed from it. Uh, him and I are still best friends. I mean, we talk all the time and yeah.
0: Well, that's great. Well, yeah. well, there's a couple of things I really want to underscore here. One is I love that you bring up the, you know, I'm the mature Christian here. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny how we put uh, words to where we're at as a Christian, where we're at. I've seen people who are fairly new in the Lord that dig in the Word every day, that foster their relationship with the Lord every day, and for whatever reason, the Baptism of the Holy Spirit just went and came alive, and it's like ring, here they go, right? Yeah, yeah. And then there's people that I've known for 25 years, have known the Lord, but they don't dig in every day. They don't like there is. It's it's funny what we make up about that, and and what that looks like. So I love that, and I love that your mom said something because. I think sometimes as Christians, we are afraid to say things. And I do believe it's the Holy Spirit's job to do the conviction. I do believe that. And I also believe that there is a place when we do it with love and a gentleness and with the purpose, like what that looks like, I think there's a way to have that conversation Oh yeah, with other yeah.
1: people. No, God will use people all day long to, yeah. to talk to other people and to reach other people. Absolutely. So,
0: yeah. so I'm glad you brought that up. I just think there's something in that. And I also know it is the Holy Spirit's job to convict, but like your mom planted the seed, and then the Holy Spirit went to work on he you. He would
1: not leave me alone. When she said that, <laughs> I'm serious. I was mad. I hung up the phone. I didn't hang up on her, but we got into the conversation. I was like, that's just it. A- why would she say that? Oh, my gosh. Well, she, I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit messed with me for days. It was probably about a week later. I finally was like, I just got on my knees. and I was like, okay, you're right. I'm, I am slacking here. And I am way behind on where I'm supposed to be. So um, I just, I did. I confessed. I got right. And I said, we're going to commit to doing what we're supposed to do. you know. And uh, so the first thing we needed to do was a church. Well, we're over in Germany, so the only thing you've got over there is, you know, and, and we were living on post, so I didn't have the off-post experience that a lot of folks have. But um, So we weren't looking for a local church. We weren't looking for a, a military chaplain and stuff, which was not the best. And then I got uh, deployed right after that, too. So um, we were kind of separated, and, and then I get back from my deployment, my, my She's now my ex-wife, says, We're getting a divorce, and I'm taking your son and your retirement, and we're going back to the States and see you later.
0: Oh my goodness. And, uh, so
1: that was the impetus to retire then.
0: We are going to talk about that retirement. We're going to talk about that moment because clearly it was a big one. There's a lot more to talk about because then we need to talk about how God's calling you to what you're doing today. Yep. We are talking with Jeff Meyer. Jeff is called to be helping other people, men, women. Who are struggling with grief, trauma, and PTSD. This is Deb McGregor, Live, Joy, ShareJoy. We've got more to come. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back in a moment
1: are made available through a Financial Group, a division of Ameriprise Financial Services Inc., a registered investment advisor.
0: This is Deb McGregor of Life Full of Joy and Live Joy Share Joy. I like to be infused with joy all the time. Every Monday through Friday, I do an infusion of joy video on Facebook and Instagram. I cover a topic related to joy and provide insights perspectives, and distinctions, as well as offer an opportunity for you to continue digging even deeper into your own joy. Make sure you're following me on the Life Full of Joy Facebook page and on Instagram at LiveJoyShareJoy. Joy and Joy. Are you currently renting your home? Give Team Aylesworth, Noemi, Harry, and Abby of Real Living First Realty a call. Trust them to help guide you through the home buying process. With interest rates as low as they are, now is a good time to take that leap into being a homeowner. The award-winning customer service team is ready to make you their priority. Call Noemi at 218-760-4689 or click the link for Team Ailsworth on the Business Impact Partner page at yourqfm.com. Make owning a home your reality today. This is Deb McGregor. Live joy, share joy. We are speaking with Jeff Meyer about his journey, the call from the Lord, and how he is serving others today. As we went into the break, we were just talking about this massive news that comes all of a sudden, getting asked for a divorce. Your ex telling you she's taking your son, and you're thinking, "What's next?" Take us to that moment for you.
1: Well, it, I don't know if it was so much of a "what's next" moment. It was just, uh, "I'm going to stop what you're doing" because. Now I'm angry, and, and I'm going to interrupt your plans. So at that point, we had only been married nine years, so you have to be married ten years in the military to have any claim for the uh, service member's retirement. So <clears throat> that was just my immediate reaction, was to just to thwart her plans. Um, you know, God, of course, has other intentions, and, and he needed me out of the Army to be able to go on the next step of this journey. So... Um, so yeah, a week after she told me that I put in my retirement paperwork and coincidentally my, so the whole time I've been in aviation, I left Alaska to go to flight school and I've always wanted to go back to Alaska. I mean, that's for me, that's just God's country up there. And, um, I had always been asking my manager, you know, I want to go back to Alaska. I want to go back. He's like, no, got no slots. So (laughs) I I turn in my, my retirement paperwork and a week later he calls me up George Hey, it's George. I got Three slots for you in Alaska.
0: <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's it's too crazy. too late, buddy. Wow.
1: So my, uh, my mom had just passed away a couple months before this, and uh, my dad was living in Kansas City, so, and his health was really bad. So we all packed up, and we moved back to Kansas City, and I took a job with Life Flight Eagle. Actually, I took a job with corporate jets who uh, leased the helicopters and the pilots to Life Flight Eagle, Eagle, which was an EMS service down in Kansas City still is, and uh, flew down there for them, with them for a couple of years and then um, took another job down in Chenew, Kansas, and that's where I met my current wife, and uh, we got married down there, and I spent eight years down there, and then they asked me to go to Cody, Wyoming, and, and uh, open up a base down there, for, or over there for them, and so we did that. We spent a year out there, um, got that base up and running, and then I took a job with Sanford for their um, uh, EMS uh, single pilot, it's called the single pilot IFR program. So a little bit more money, better aircraft, and just, it was a, it was just a good program to work for. It's a small, it's not big like Eagle Med was for me. So it was just another small program and, uh, but just good equipment, good people and everything. And it was just like, this is what I really want to do. Plus he got me back to Minnesota, uh-huh. which has always been kind of in the back of my mind anyway. Yeah. Um, and I don't know why that was there. It's just one of those things where it's like, I'm supposed to be in Minnesota, I don't know why. I, I'd tried to get me back to Minnesota a couple of years before that with um, North Memorial helicopters. And the um, weird thing, it was my ex-wife's parents live here in Bemidji, and we've always gotten along great, so my, my son's grandma and grandpa. And um, so I thought that was just going to be a natural fit. Well, she balked at that. She was like, no, 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 that's too far away. I'm never going to get to see Eric again or anything like that. So I was like, okay, we'll shut that down for now. And uh, so, you know, a couple years later, you know, God worked it out. So I come back to Minnesota, come back to Bemidji. So here I am in Bemidji, and we started going to church at um, Bemidji Baptist Church. We're, we're members over there. But it was kind of weird. I was not really doing anything. I'm trying to get involved in different um, aspects of the ministry, and I'm I'm kind of having doors closed, and it's just not really doing anything. And um, And, you know, that tax laws and the politics here in minnesota are just goofy anyway and i'm really seriously scratching my head going i don't know maybe i made a mistake coming here you know this is just kind of goofy and then one day the pastor comes up to me and he goes you know i've got this guy that i know this dr howe in uh, in chicago and he's been just pestering me about this military outreach ministry and i don't know anybody else to talk to about this he said so here's what it is and here's what we're thinking it is and why don't you go pray about this thing well It was pretty coincidental again, you know, coincidence. But um, just before that, they had posted on the internet there was a the remember El Avera Hospital was advertising for a helicopter pilot back in South Dakota, which is where my uh, wife is from, and all her family lived down there. Um, They were looking for a helicopter pilot for their Aberdeen base, I think, and uh, same aircraft, a little bit more money and get to live in South Dakota, less taxes and stuff. I was like, well, if I'm going to sit on the back pew and not do anything, I can go over there and do the same job, make the same money, and get taxed half as much. And literally like three days later, um, after I'm like, okay, I'm going to call this chief pilot and and send him an email or something and try to figure out more about this. And then all of a sudden my pastor's like, I got this ministry thing here, and I don't know what to do with it. So I was like, "Okay, God definitely wants me here in Bemidji, and I'm not going to go anywhere." So that was step one. It's like, "All right, I'm I'm done looking for other places to go or anything. I'll I'll just be content," which is excruciating for me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was going to say, "Well, you're used to being in a helicopter, for goodness' sakes. I mean, you're like it's constant. Yeah. You know, you got to be moving around." So. You get exposed to this ministry, and at the same time, somewhere in here, you also start feeling this call into more of a social working concept.
1: Um, yeah, it was. So it was really just the the military outreach ministry that we had, that we have. Is it was nothing more than you know I just go out and I meet veterans wherever I can. I I, I got a little handout, little flyer or tracks for them, and. My own personal um, card that I can give them, so I got my personal information, but it's got the plan of salvation on it and and stuff like this. And it was just you go to nursing homes and you meet them, you go to hospitals, you know, if you find out guys in there, and you just introducing yourself and having conversation with these guys all the time. But there was always in the back of my head, there was got to be something more. Well, I wanted to do more with it, but I didn't know what I wanted to do more with it. And so um, my pastor friend down in Kansas City says you need to go look at Doug Carragher's uh, Wounded Spirits Ministries. And so I got online, I looked at it, and I knew Doug. I had listened to him preach before. He had been a guest um, preacher over at uh, church several times. But anyway, I'm looking at what he was doing with this PTSD thing, and I went, hmm. So I called him up, and I said, hey, can anybody come to these camps, or does it have to be you know special criteria or something? He goes, nope, anybody can come. So I went over there because it said right on the, on the website, you know, if you want to help those that are dealing with, struggling with PTSD. So I went over there, and uh, I went to their, my first retreat over in Camp Joy, Wisconsin, and it was really an eye-opening experience. It really was. And I thought then at that point, I was like, God, if you can let me do this, I said, I would, one, like to be involved in this ministry, and two, I think this is the direction you want me to go. And so I said, but I don't know. I said, you're going to have to open up all these doors, and, and I, I, I don't know. This is just a, a, an idea that I think the Holy Spirit has given me. I said, I, I want to be involved with this. I think this is something that I could do, and I think this is something I could be effective at, or that God could use me at and to be effective. And so um, I went to another one down in Louisiana and um, came back, and, and, and I hadn't said anything to Doug or anything, and so I went to another one, and, and, uh, but I, I had, you know, after that first one, I prayed, I like I would really like to be part of this ministry. October of 2018, then, I retired from aviation, and the VA gave me the opportunity to go back to school. So before that, I had probably, oh, at least the last seven or eight years of flying, I'd always been thinking in the back of my mind, what am I going to do when I'm done flying? Because I can't fly forever. You know, there's no way I'm going to be able to pass the, um, uh, the flight exam and uh, flight eval, whatever, or not the uh, the medical, you know, you can't do that forever. And so, what am I going to do after? And I, we'd always had a, a, a real burden for when we have to walk away from um, a patient and their families in the in the hospital because they're they're going to pass. You know, it's not they're just there. That we can't take them. We're not going to fly a, a dead person. And so um, I'd always been, well, who's that church that I can call to to come over here and minister to those guys? And well, maybe you should be the grief counselor and stuff. So I always had that in the back of my noggin. So I was doing a little bit of research, and it was like, you can't just go and be, get a certificate for a grief counselor. <laughs> You've got to go back to school. And i was like, well, that's not going to happen. Now. And uh, I would always had this kind of a hostile relationship with education and the education system. So. But anyway— they told me about this uh, this program, uh, vocational uh, rehabilitation, re-education, and uh, I said, I'll look into it. So I called them a call, and they said, well, sure, come on. Or uh, They said, you're a disabled veteran, so fill out the application, and uh, we'll get back to you. So I did, and I sent in the application. They sent me an email back, and they set up an interview, and uh, I went down there, and I told them what I wanted to do, this whole grief counseling thing, and, you know, maybe I got this idea that I could do something with the PTSD. I really want to take my ministry into, in, in that direction. I want to do something else with that. And uh, my, my counselor goes... <laughs> you need to go back to school as a social worker. And I'm like, no, actually, I don't need to go back to school <laughs> as a social worker. So they wanted me to go back. Because I didn't realize that at the time, but it, social work was, you know, it's heavy mental health therapy. I mean, they do a bunch of stuff, and that's one of the reasons they wanted me to go back, that we can get you back employed because there's so many employment opportunities with a social work degree. Anyway, so I went back there, and I realized, I went back to school, and I said, okay, I'll do that. Because at the end of the day, this is literally when Elijah anointed elijah i mean this was a mantle moment in my life i mean this is just like this is going to be it right here this is a once in a lifetime opportunity to do this and so and then god gave me a bunch of other bible verses to go along with this to to support this this direction that he was putting on me and he had laid out it was one of the i think it was the only time in my life i've ever you know and i've prayed for for god's vision in my life before and it's like where do you want me to go what do you want me to do and stuff and you know we we lose sight sometimes. I think the only thing we're supposed to be looking for is is for God to direct our steps, not the whole plan and um, this was the one time where um, God had actually laid out this whole thing, going back to school, mental health therapy and 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 working with veterans and other um, men and women that are struggling with PTSD before it ever happened and so um yeah, they kind of dotted the i's and crossed the t's of of the vision at me in this interview and they said no we want you to go back to school as a social worker and so i I did i wound up going back to work uh, or back to school full-time uh student and we ran through our four-year degree in like two and a half years i think and then now i'm in grad school and um you know it it was just one of those things where it's such an eye-opening i didn't know anything about social work and now it's like oh my goodness, this is like so much here that I can use to help. Um, And then the most phenomenal part about it is relationships is like the key component for any type of mental health therapy. You know, the first thing you want to do is you want to establish rapport with the client. You want to build a relationship and stuff. And it's like, oh my goodness, this is so in tune with what the Bible is doing. There's so much in the Bible that I can bring over into this stuff. And so, you know, I don't consider myself a social worker per se, and I I get in trouble a lot at PSU when I was going to school because I would try to bring in Christian or biblical um, viewpoints and and, and perspectives on on different things. And um, they were like, you can't do that. That's not empirical data. And I was like, (laughs) <laughs> That's not actually true, but um, so now it's uh, I'm, I'm actually going to a Christian college, and 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 it's so much more fun to be able to go. Yeah, but the Bible also says this, so we are actually studying all these different mental health therapies and and theories and stuff. But we're also able to bring in incorporate what the Bible says about it and stuff. So
0: I love this. Yeah. Unfortunately, I mean, like we're running out of time, right really? It's like, I'm my gosh, we talking, could go and it's no, like, it's great. Whoa. We could go on and on. I mean, there's so many great things to talk about. What I really want to emphasize to people is, as you're talking about, like God has you on this journey, and this journey is glorifying and magnifying God, and you are so committed to helping others. And one of the ways that you have done that is by getting involved in the Wounded Spirits program. And so I want to invite people to check it out, WoundedSpirits.com. And we should let people know that Doug, who you mentioned, Mm -hmm. is actually going to be in Bemidji, Minnesota. Correct. And on Saturday, February 19th at 8 o'clock to 9 o'clock at 3rd Street Station, they are opening just for us And we will have a nice little breakfast there for everyone. They can meet Doug. They can meet you. They can come and meet you. And they can learn more about this program and how it truly is reaching people. What I like to talk about is that it's an emotional, spiritual, and physical level. Because, of course, we know that there can be physical components that come because of the trauma, because of the grief. And so this work that you are doing covers
1: all of these things. Yeah. Now, do you know why Doug is coming here on that weekend?
0: We should give them a little prompting for that, too. Why is Doug coming on that weekend?
1: <laughs> so, Wounded Spirits Ministry. So, I, Doug called me out of the blue after I'd already started school and stuff. And like I said, I did not talk to Doug about this at all. So, I don't know if God laid this on his heart or whatever. But I got called and asked and said, hey, we're going to we're, we're establish a permanent retreat center in, in Warsaw, Indiana. We'd like you to sit on the board for this. Uh, and then we'd also like you to consider coming on board as a counselor, full-time counselor, once we get it up and running. And so I got involved. I'm in the Wounded Spirits Ministry now through that. And uh, so one of the things that I've always had in the back, back of my head since I started going to these retreats was, we need one of these retreats in Bemidji. And so i have been looking at it and tinkering with it for several years, and God was just like, not yet, not yet, not yet, and the doors closed. And then last summer, this last summer, Um, I was talking to a guy. uh, I was actually talking to Rich Seagert over here about the Hampton, and he said, go talk to Concordia Villages. And so I went over there, and I got to talking with Warren. He took me on a tour of the whole thing, and um, that facility is is one that God showed us, like, this is going to work for what we want to do as a retreat. So, long story short, Wounded Spirits retreat in Bemidji, October 2022, October 3rd through the 7th. Um, is going to be here. So Doug is coming in in February to just kind of do some legwork. We're we're running down. We want to talk to people. We want to start talk, uh, introducing Wounded Spirits to the community, um, and you know chasing some sponsors down. And, and just he's got a, a couple of preaching engagements already. He's going to be talking to local churches on Sunday. But um, what we're doing on Saturday now is 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 your. Um, Is your baby?
0: (laughs) We're just going to get people together to learn, right? It's like came
1: out of nowhere when we were talking on the phone. It's like, this is awesome. I wish I would have called her a long time ago. (laughs) This is the
0: Holy Spirit for sure. Well, there's so much more to come, and we want to invite people to. Check out WoundedSpirits.com. Jeff, I want to thank you so much for coming and joining us. Thank you for listening to God's call in your life.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely. And we want to remind people, uh, if you go to DebMcGregor.com, we do have the podcast with the radio notes. So a lot of this extra information you will find in our radio notes with the program. And we want to thank Philip Elke for engineering today's program. We want to thank all of you for choosing to listen today and remind you to go out, live joy, and share joy. This is Deb McGregor.